When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What is going on, Boat Sports fan? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Answers, with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, we're going to do that July thing where we fix baseball a little bit after taking some notes from the MLB All-Star Game. So without further ado, let's dive on in. First, we're going to give a gold star to Clayton Kershaw, all-star pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, future Hall of Famer, etc., World Series champion from whatever year that was, 2020? 2020, yeah, 2020 World Series champion. Uh, Clayton Kershaw obviously gets a lot of accolades and recognition, but this gold star is going to go to his interaction with a rather young fan following media availability, or I guess really kind of still in media availability right before the All-Star game. Clayton Kershaw is in full uniform, and a young man by the name of Blake Grice, who couldn't be more than 10 years old, kind of steals the show for a second by stepping up and out of his seat and asking to meet Clayton Kershaw. He then sits down and talks to Clayton Kershaw. I say sits, he's still standing, talking to Clayton Kershaw the whole time, commenting that his grandfather, Graham Grice, who's also from Southern California, big Dodgers fan, etc., had actually made a bucket list upon being diagnosed with cancer, and one of the things on said bucket list was meeting Clayton Kershaw. Uh, obviously, Blake Grice is standing there because, unfortunately, Graham Grice could not make it. Is it fill up a bucket list? Check off a bucket list? How do you, how do you go about that? Anyways, he made a very heartwarming, heartfelt, feels like people are cutting onions in here type of moment with Clayton Kershaw because he wanted to carry this out for his grandfather. Kershaw handled it like a consummate pro. He walked around the table, gave the kid a hug, took pictures, etc. Made a big all-star to-do. I think it's worth noting that like not every all-star... I mean, Clayton Kershaw has demonstrated nothing but this kind of guy, but not every all-star would do that in that moment. I also think it's worth pointing out that like this is kind of what sports are about. It's about making moments for people that are entertained by this. It's about having a good time and having these kinds of heartwarming moments. And obviously it's a kind of moment that a kid will never forget for a number of reasons. But when you factor it all in, I don't think it's one that Clayton Kershaw is going to forget anytime soon either, right? Like that's a very special moment for both parties involved and a very heartwarming moment right before the All-Star game that then kind of goes viral during the All-Star game. Because again, like that's 
That's just when we all get to see this clip start circulating the internet. So shout out to Clayton Kershaw, gold star for the interaction there, and handling that so, so well. We have a detention for the ESPN ESPYs award show, really just kind of whoever was in charge of this ESPN night and the festivities for not inviting Aaliyah Boston to the stage or to the show as the winner of Best Female College Athlete. She took to Twitter on Wednesday, the day that the award show was, or it was award Wednesday night, so she took to Twitter on Tuesday morning to say that she did win the award, she was grateful and this and that, but then outlined how this is just another moment in which she, as a black female athlete, is getting overlooked by award shows. They're going to hand her this award, but they're not giving it to her in person or giving her a moment to talk, kind of like they did Paige Beckers a couple years ago. Some of the irony to me on this is that Paige Beckers literally used her moment when she won the exact same award in 2021 to kind of comment on how she is a white face representing a majority black sport and she has all of these different teammates and contemporaries and role models and other women that don't get looked at in the same way but because she's Paige Beckers she has the bajillion Twitter follows the bajillion Instagram mentions and all of the different sponsorships that come with that through NIL deals and she used the platform to say hey we should recognize the other people and now ESPN is using the same platform to not recognize the exact same award for the, another woman that Paige Beckers just told them is one of these types of women you need to be paying attention to. Aaliyah Boston is a baller. I don't know if you watch a lot of basketball, a lot of college basketball, but Aaliyah Boston is one of, if not the best, college basketball players of the last couple of years. Regardless of gender, she and the South Carolina Gamecocks have been dominant in their stretch with her there. So shout out to A, Don Staley and South Carolina Gamecocks, but B, Aaliyah Boston for accepting this award somewhat graciously, but then opening up and saying, but this wasn't right. She didn't sit there and be quiet and say, I'm going to take the award and sink to the back. She used her platform and the award ESPN gave her to tell everyone, hey, but they also did this other thing wrong. I think that's really, really important. She used the platform to both accept the award, say, yes, I earned this, but also this part feels a little bit icky because it is a little bit icky. So detention for ESPN, time to come sit down and think about what we just did wrong. All right, so today's thesis is going to be one of those classic, it's July, so we're fixing baseball types of theses, except it's actually stemming from something that Major League Baseball kind of already did, or you could argue was going to do correctly, based on their All-Star game. So, the thesis reads, instead of extra innings, every regular season baseball game should end in a home run derby, and I'm giving this one a high A+, plus, potentially 100. I think it's almost perfect based on the way they would have done the All-Star game. I wish we'd gotten to see it work out because I then think everyone would want this to happen all the time. So without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, so the thesis reads that instead of extra innings, every regular season baseball game should end in a home run derby. So that means that a regular season game that ends at a tie after nine innings would then go to a home run derby of sorts. We'll get into what that looks like in a second. Instead of having extra innings that could go on for, I don't know, a bajillion umpteen hours because they just play until someone's winning at the end of a divisible by six number of outs. Uh, So I have to say that there's a couple of things here that are interesting. One, that baseball has already somewhat concluded that they're going to have to change something about extra time in games as seen in when they kept the bubble rules in extra innings. The bubble rules being that in extra innings in baseball, 
Baseball teams get to pick a runner to be placed on second base to start the inning. Thus, they start the inning with a runner in scoring position. So a base hit may score a runner, and this the inning could end a lot faster because theoretically that's all it takes to score because you're going mano a mano in the, those innings after that. So I think that's really important to note that baseball already admits that extra inning baseball games could be a problem. Second, outside of the steroid era of the 90s, this is good, a home run era, as you could ever have in baseball. Everyone understands the value of it, the importance of it, and frankly, dudes literally swing for the fences more now than they ever have. Baseball is being constructed in a way that home run is king. It's like the forward pass. Everyone's understanding that, oh, this is the easiest, fastest, quickest way to score, so I'm going to do this more often. Hitters are training themselves more for launch angle and swing velocity, and those kind of things get the ball out of the park, as opposed to just putting the ball on play and getting on base and those kinds of things, right? So baseball is being built for this, whether they like it or not. And third, I think it's worth pointing out that this would not impact a whole lot of baseball games or a whole lot of outcomes. As we're seeing, less and less games are going to extra innings. The average length of nine innings of baseball in 2022 has been three hours and four minutes. The average length of a baseball game has been three hours and seven minutes. That means that they're not actually going that much longer than nine innings very often, right? You're looking at three hours and seven minutes. That's including times we have crazy outliers that are going like 15 innings, right? So, as you look at Major League Baseball, this isn't going to impact that many games. And frankly, for the majority of players, it's going to actually get them in those handful of times off the field faster, kind of like that runner on second. So I think that this is something baseball is going to lean into and has been tried in minor league levels. Way back in the gap, back when Shaka Cummings was on the show, Shaka Cummings, you should come back sometime. The Pioneer League, a double-A baseball league, was implementing this as well as a way to kind of attract fans like oh i might show up and get to watch a home run derby break out all of a sudden because that's literally what a tie game would turn into i think it's interesting that like we're going to experiment in the minors they're going to try in the, in the all-star game and then if all of that works that drums up excitement maybe we actually do something exciting with the games now that all sounds fine and dandy but let's talk about how this would have actually worked had it happened in the all-star game because they actually got to lay that out for us and how this would look and how this would work in a major league setting so the game ends at nine innings tie game the game is paused for a second while the grounds crew sets up for the home run derby they got to set things up like make sure they got a net in front of the pitcher and clean the bases and those kinds of things and so they'd have to set all that up very quickly it would not take very long then each manager would choose three players. You probably choose them before the game, but if they've gotten subbed out at that point, you got to choose someone else to step in and participate in the home run derby. It's worth noting you actually have to name four because you have to have an alternate in case someone like pulls a muscle or something. They're not running bases, but you know it could happen. So you name your players that are going to compete in the home run derby. Then each player gets to take three swings. The pitchers are picked up by their coaches off of their coaching staff. So they're taking three swings at coaches' pitches, and that's it. You get three swings. You don't like a pitch, you let it go by, you wait for the next one, you get three whole swings. Most you can get is three home runs, right? If you go bang, 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 home run, home run, home run, then you're going to alternate. So visiting team person one goes, home team person one goes, visiting team person two goes, home team person two goes so you could still have the walk-off moment as the home team you don't lose that kind of drama for the home fans it just now comes in a home run derby style swing right that's that's the fun of this happening if there is still a tie after each team has three players take their three swings 
then the manager gets to pick one of their three players to then step up and swing again. So if you see, oh, so-and-so is grooving it today, I'm going to let him go take his three swings, that's fine. That's something that does not have to be determined ahead of time, but I think that's an interesting play here because it allows you to kind of ride a hot hand. Do you take the guy that just finished and make him go that many in a row? Do you take the guy that went first because he said the most time in between at-bats? How do you want to play that out as a manager? I think that adds a layer of strategy to this that could be a lot of fun so this thesis gets an easy a plus out of me it adds strategy it helps expedite the end of games it gives fans something fun to watch at the end it adds drama and excitement it still has the home field advantage of getting to go second it has a num- it doesn't really wear out a whole bunch of guys it's got a number of things i think are positives I, I i don't think i need to sit on that too too long i know there's some like old hardcore fans like but you can't change this that and the other thing about baseball and i think that's the interesting story here is Major League Baseball, from taking AA's idea to putting in the All-Star game to kind of experimenting to test the waters here, not that we got to see it, which would have actually tested the waters, I think it's interesting, and the more interesting conversation is the do-we-need-to-fix baseball thing. And I think there's a lot of every July, there seems to be a lot, I should say, of the conversation around we need to fix baseball. We need to fix baseball. And I say this completely as a regional baseball fan. You'll notice whenever I have baseball things happening, I pull in someone because outside of a handful of storylines, I always need help. I always want to defer to my substitute teachers and friends like that because I do follow a handful of storylines. But after that, it's like I need to make sure I have someone that's more of an expert on this. But one thing I think that I can speak to is as the casual observer here, I think baseball is closer to being fixed than people realize. I don't think they need big sweeping changes like taking away the shift or anything like that. I think there's some natural ebbs and flows that come and go, but I think on the whole, we're actually closer to having a product that people like or a large majority of people like if they just let certain things happen. For instance, people talk about baseball being too slow and there not being enough scoring. I mentioned earlier, a game is just over three hours on average. That's not a whole lot different than a football game, and football is king in America. And you think about like a well, football, there's action and scoring and this and that, and any play can be a touchdown. And if I got Patrick Mahomes throwing a Tyree kill, not that that connection exists anymore, but I can score on any given play. We think about like the way that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes went back and forth in the playoffs last season, how dramatic and fun, and it was just like bang, 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 last team with the ball wins. It's actually not horribly different than baseball, if you think about the way that the home runs are being hit and the way baseball is happening. On average, in 2022, a game will have 8.66 runs scored. That means one team gets about five, and one team gets about four on average. Now, it might be four to four, it might be four to three, but on average, you're seeing games finish at around five to around four for an average of 8.66 runs per game. Now, five to four does not sound like a ton of scoring. However, when you multiply those things by seven, that is 35 to 28 in a football game, right? Five touchdowns to four touchdowns is a very exciting football game, and it lasts also about three hours. There's a lot of starting and stopping. And while we think of how much fun, like, the Red Zone channel is, it is a lot of fun, but truthfully, there's a lot of mundane downtime where they're just running HB draw or fullback ISO or something like a little tight end button hook across the middle that are not these kinds of exciting plays. They just chip away, chip away, chip away. So one thing that's happening here is people get really into fantasy football because they can, oh, I don't know, 
watch the red zone and only watch fantasy football. When you watch red zone, all you do is watch people score. Why can't baseball do that? Right? Why can't baseball? They're not going to tune into a game necessarily live when they're in the red zone because that's not really the kind of situation you get in baseball. But you can play a home run 30 seconds after it happens because you know it's coming. Baseball games happen every night across the country at any given time there are 26 teams playing at once because a couple of them got to have an off day for travel right like this is the kind of sport that you could have red zone going nightly for several hours if you plugged into that kind of a channel because people would sit there and watch dinger after dinger after dinger after dinger it'd be the same kind of break in break in break in as opposed to Major League Baseball showing a game here and there, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, etc., where you sit there and watch the whole game. If people like the quick hitting TikTok, Snapchat story, whatever, the, the sort of Instagram reel, whatever you want to call it, but this super short attention span version of sports, baseball has all of the same equipment and material and setup to go do that as well. So instead of me sitting here and watching whatever baseball game is on for three hours and seeing five runs, I can spend three hours watching a hundred runs across 26, 13 games, right? And go get to see all this happening at once. Suddenly in a three hour window, I am no longer watching eight and a half runs get stored. I'm watching 112 and a half runs get scored. If I'm ranking that 8.66 times the 13 games happening potentially at once, right? And that's on an average night there will be nights that you score 130 runs across baseball there will be nights where you have all 30 teams but there'll be nights where you have a lot more going on in baseball and that would again add to the excitement of this channel and drum up the fantasy type of atmosphere around the baseball that happens with football football also is king because it happens on sundays i think baseball happens in whatever time zone you're in after work. I think that's the same kind of thing. You come home, you flip on the baseball channel. Instead of red zone, you could call it something like seven inning stretch or the home dugout or some sort of other cliche where you get to sit and watch hit after hit, run after run. You could even like when it's kind of a down period where like maybe you don't quite have a bunch of runs happening at once, you can zoom in on a team that has a bunch of guys in scoring position and see what happens to the pitcher or vice versa, right? Like you can do those kinds of things to add excitement to this because truthfully, that's what's exciting about football is watching score after score after score after score on a Sunday. And it's feeding into a young generation of fans with super short attention spans in sports. And I'm not just going to sit and rant and say that's a bad thing. Frankly, sometimes it's better to leave things behind and move on. But I will say that if you're going to appeal to those sets of fans, you need to kind of create something that is similar to what's working in other sports the same way in basketball frankly so much of the people that watch basketball just watch clips on twitters and youtubes and instagrams or whatever and don't sit down and watch the full two hour plus game right that's kind of how sports are heading as far as how to reach a younger audience a broader audience and baseball has enough scoring to do that if they just do that again eight and a half runs per game if you're playing 13 games a night that's plenty of scoring to fuel one of these channels. The second thing I'll say on this, aside from the fact that these home run derbs at the end would only add two runs you could put on <laughs> those types of channels, is that 8.66 is, as far as ebbs and flows goes, one of the ebbs towards lesser scoring. Frankly, in more recent years, I mean, it was 2013, they were up to 10 runs per game. 
Uh, you had 9.6 runs last season. In 2019, right before COVID, you had 9.5 runs. Like, this number could actually be higher. This could be a down year. In those other years, you could actually have more runs per game. So I think that that's something worth keeping in mind, too, is that if you build this, you could start to see some seasons, like 10 runs per game, you could see big, big increases, right? 10 runs per game in 2013, to be fair, was the second highest since 1980, and the highest was 91 right at the start of the steroid era, right? So, like, 10 runs is a lot, but you could certainly see nine because it's been hovering around nine for the last several years, and I think that that's important to note, too, that 8.66, this is the low end of what we're talking about. Another thing I think that needs to be done here as far as making the game more fun is we see football and basketball grow because they allow for personality, right? You had in the 1980s, Davis Stern made a very conscious movement to see players like Michael Jordan in Chicago, Magic Johnson in Los Angeles, Larry Bird in Boston, and Patrick Ewing in New York all become personalities. We got to know them and understand them and got to see their personality come through on the floor. I'd argue Akeem in Chicago does the same thing. It's their international feeling city. You have this kid that went to college there coming to the same kind of thing. It helps grow the league. Each city gets a culture based around some identity of a superstar. Like that we don't hear more about Shohei Otani in Anaheim, which is just outside of Los Angeles, is criminal. It really like we need to have more of an understanding of who this guy is. And that has to come from the top down. I mean, if you look at Larry Bird in those press conferences, as much trash talk as he had on the floor, he was not looking to get famous because of basketball by any stretch, but Stern made it a point. We we're gonna make it Larry versus magic we had to make these guys stars it's intentional it's what you've got to do and there are stars across the league to do that with right now i mentioned otani but you've got a number of different guys across the league juan soto uh, xander bogarts george springer trey turner you got any of my houston astros hit it nudge nudge you got a but pete alonzo he's still a star right he's still a star which is so good that mike trout's like one of the greatest baseball players of all time but we're just not going to know who this guy is at all like the league needs to go in and bring us these personalities whether it's personalities of kids that like the steph curry connection what we remember and have pictures of steph curry as a kid we've got vladimir guerrero on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have a whole roster of guys that are juniors or children of players from previous generations. Do the exact same thing. Pull the exact same kinds of cards out where you're making guys' personalities first and foremost as the league is growing. We need to know who these people are underneath the ball caps, not just what the logo on the front is. That's part of growing the game. And I think from what I can tell, you've got the personalities out there. You just have to go build them up. It will only be more profitable if you continue to put these guys in places where people get to know them, right? We all wanted to be like Mike, but it wasn't just because of like he did a bunch of dunks. There was a personality, a cutthroat, a killer, a winner. We wanted to be that guy, not just because he could fly, but because he refused to lose when it mattered most. There was something about greatness and winning and all of that with Michael Jordan that gets tied to the legacy of the sneakers, right? You have the 72 and 10 Jordans, right? You have the flu game Jordans. You've got these different Jordans from folklore about this mythical creature 
that was actually walking around playing basketball with us, right? We now need to have those kinds of guys built up into baseball. And again, I think they're there if the league would go out of their way to try and build them up. The last thing that just needs a little bit of tweaking, and I get think would fix baseball in a big, big way, is there's a number of these like unwritten rules that just gotta go. They're frankly from like a time when not everyone was allowed to play in the major leagues and frankly they're very much like stodgy aristocracy not back in my day get off my lawn kids kind of baseball and i think as you hear international players talk about playing back at their home countries they're very very upper crust american rules right this idea that you don't uh throw your bat as you're coming around in your backswing or uh anything like that right like what that is a rule that i think is very much like you should just follow through and sprint. This shouldn't be like this focus on I have to place my bat in exactly the right kind of... No, let it fly. Let the bat fly. Uh, things like not distracting people on pop-ups or, you know, trying to, you know, jiggle the ball out of some guy's glove. Like, no, have some gamesmanship there. Can you imagine how Shaq would look at the free throw line if everyone in the entire gym had to shut up every time he shot? Like, no, allow this to happen. Allow guys to, again, have some gamesmanship. Allow guys to get in one another's heads. The same way you had Larry talking trash all up and down the court of the 1980s. Let's have guys doing that as they're around the bases trying to get you to drop the ball because they're going to make it home or whatever trash talking in that sense would be. Also, anything to keep the score down, like not swinging at a 3-0 count if you're up by a bunch or not stealing bases if you're up by a bunch or whatever the case may be, those got to go out the window. Again, if we're going to build this red zone type channel <laughs> where we're going to have a bunch of scoring, we need to have guys scoring, and we don't need you to worry about hurting one another's feelings. You're all professionals. You're getting paid a lot of money to play baseball. Your feelings should get – if you're getting scored on so much, your feelings hurt, do better. Play harder. Don't like, I don't I want to hear this. I'm not going to have my guys in a basketball game stop shooting and take 24-second violations. they got to get a shot off every 24 seconds, so we're going to try and score every 24 seconds. In baseball, I'm trying to score every time someone comes up to the plate. That's just how this is going to go. The last unwritten rule that drives me crazy is we put so much importance on home runs. We put so much focus, and it's so hard to get home runs. These guys need to throw a party whenever they hit one. Now, I understand that there's something about like too many times or too often or whatever, but hitting an important home run feels incredible as a fan, and it is a good thing to see the players reciprocate that exact same feeling. It's also really freaking hard to do. If you think about like even the Barry Bonds season, he hit 73 home runs, right? Barry Bonds, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. I'll be on him, da da da. That's a different podcast. He hit 73 home runs in a single season. He went to the plate 664 times. That's not quite 11% of the time he was at the plate he did this. That is wild. That means the most anyone's ever done this, they were still only getting it done one out of 10 times. You could do the same thing by getting a base hit. Frankly, it's so hard to get a hit in Major League Baseball that we ought to be celebrating those. Forget taking away celebrations for home runs. Let's start celebrating the infield single. Right? Like let's let's have those things also be fun because again, as a fan, it is fun. So if I'm gonna celebrate in the stands, I want my teammate, the guy I'm trying to learn the personality of, the guy I'm trying to root for, to have the same thing. Can you imagine if? Every time Michael Jordan hit a big clutch shot, instead of doing the fist pump or whatever, he did the Tim Duncan, like, 
fundamental stare down, right? Can you imagine if every time Tiger Woods hit a big putt, instead of doing the fist pump and wearing red on Sunday or whatever, he just walked to the clubhouse? Can you imagine if every time Ronaldo scored, he just walked back to midfield and set up for the next one? Right? Like these guys are at the top of the sport in the world, and they're still finding successful moments. That is exciting. That is exhilarating, and that is a fun thing. These things need to be fun. Pimp the home run, walk to first with a strut, maybe you jog to second, and no, so we don't have to sit here forever, but have a good time doing it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your annual Let's Fix Baseball episode, because it seems like every podcast in America finds some way to do something about Let's Fix Baseball in July, <laughs> so that's how we would do it at FN Sports. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make bombs, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, do you feel like we fixed baseball? <laughs> okay, I don't know. Do you feel like I fixed baseball? Do you feel like you'd enjoy that version of baseball? Maybe? I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, we should keep the home run derby as a way to avoid extra innings, A++++. Rob Manfred, please listen and change at least something about baseball. With that said, if you disagree with me, you can find me at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter. Happy to respond to all people that think they have some way to fix baseball themselves. I think my way is the best, but I'm open to hearing your interpretations. You can find the FN Sports Podcast on social media as well. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. That's F-I-N-S-B-U-R-T-S number 2, all one word. On both of those social media handles, you can get a link tree in the bio. From the link tree, you can get all the way to our merch store. And from our merch store, you can get different t-shirts, caps, hoodies, tank tops, whatever all of which have some sort of a charitable cause tied to them, so you can help out great causes, help out the show, and let people know you care. You can also get to all of our sponsors and, and let the good people know that you care in that way. And of course, if you want to help support the show for free, you can download, rate, subscribe, do all the wonderful things that help out the podcast, and whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. <laughs>
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.